Welcome to the Baker Cast. Warning, please keep out of reach of children and for use by adults 21 years of age and older. Sometimes I feel like I'm channeling energy and what I produce are the keys to the spaceship. We are the voice of the cannabis community. It's a cannabis revolution right now. Right. We're changing the world that we're living in and it starts with one butt at a time. Thank you for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, the Baker Cast on Hayes Radio in Los Angeles, California. Recording live here, Sin City. Las Vegas, Nevada. Packing up the JBD at 721 South First Street at the Dream Factory, home of Drone Baker Designs. If you didn't check out the new tag that Mente just left on the front of the Dream Factory, how did we know that? Well, we stopped by, we got an interview with him. We're going to be dropping that later this week. But in the meantime, this episode, whoa, let's start with this. An interview from Charles Lowry, an interview from Puntington, both at the Las Vegas Dream Factory. I'm telling you, the energy that we captured here was remarkable. In between that was a track called 65% by Kaya Project. Stick around, we have Double Dose of Jerry Garcia with Space Funk, followed by Eyes of the World, the studio version of The Grateful Dead. Though I have heard a lot of live versions of that song that I really like. We ended the show with Wookie Foot, All You Can Eat. That's right, episode number seven on the Baker Cast, the official Jerome Baker podcast on JeromeBaker.com, on JeromeBaker.shop, our new website, BakerCast.com, and follow all the platforms for Hayes Radio in Los Angeles as we will be syndicating our content, sharing it with the world, expanding to the whole universe for Jerome Baker Designs. From the Las Vegas Dream Factory, we are the mad scientists. Sweet and sour funk. The gassy. The one and only sour diesel. Mm. Especially cleaned out of a new clean JBD cakey. I'm telling you, snappy, tasty bong hit is one of a kind so thank you Jordan Schefter thank you Jason Harris for changing the way that we all smoke good weed out of I mean if you're smoking bad weed out of it that's up to you welcome to the Baker cast Warning. please keep out of reach of children and for use by adults 21 years of age and older sometimes I feel like I'm channeling energy and what I produce are the keys to the spaceship we are the voice of the cannabis community. It's a cannabis revolution right now. Right. We're changing the world that we're living in, and it starts with one butt at a time. Thank you for joining us. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you something new. We bring you the Baker Cast. This is the Baker Cast, the official Jerome Baker podcast on JeromeBaker.com. We're here with Charles Lowry at the Dream Factory. How you doing, Charles? I'm doing good, man. Nice to see you. Man, I'm just so excited because with the amount of people that come here and ask about Bongzilla, they come here and ask about about the world's largest dabbable hookah. Now we have Charles Lowry in the building. Where can they find you on Instagram? It's at Charles underscore Lowry, L-O-W-R-I-E. Absolutely. And so go ahead and tell us a little bit about making this hookah because, you know, that was, to our attention, the world's largest dabbable hookah. Is that correct? That's what they turned it into. <laughs> when I had it in my mind and in my eyes, we were going with decadence and the opulence of gold. Uh, the gold ruby is always been a sought-after color in glass way back way back china old school ancient right so that's ancestral knowledge 
mixed with some, you know, voluptuous forms, you know, indicative of what I do, luscious lines is part of what we're up to. And for the JBD vision, obviously, you need the opulence of the actual 24K in it itself. So it has the two spheres with the optics that have the 24K uh, foil leaf in it pounded out. So that's cool, yeah. This one, this, the smaller one has four hoses that are about eight feet long. The larger one is a little taller and has six hoses. So a little larger group available to sit and connect on one, one mind, one love. Uh, I don't know about the technology on top, but I love the idea of the old coming to versus the new, you know, relics, yeah. from, relics from the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So tying all the history and ancestral knowledge together, that's what I'm bringing here. Like Jason Harris, when he interviewed Bob Snodgrass, Bob Snodgrass said that those are keys to the spaceship. So this is the ultimate key to the spaceship of new stoners because, you know, a lot of people like to dab. Dabbing's the new thing. So, you know, how has things changed as a glass blower now that, you know, people aren't taking snaps out of bongs so much but now taking dabs more? It hasn't changed at all, in my opinion, because everybody comes back to what they truly settle into, and that's what they love personally. So, yeah, I'm down with concentrates. Personally, I think to keep the plant alive as possible just like eating live food or raw vet you know it's good for us to ingest it don't touch it so much is my opinion but create a product that is close to uh, concentrated nature as possible i know uh, it could be argued as an alchemist it's all nature it's all the same uh, a chemist breaks it down i know i guess i can't speak about what we but i know the importance of keeping the plant the plant keep it true to close to nature i mean we don't want to fuck with monsanto's right? right so holy monsanto no no anarcho-alchemist we have charles lyra here at the dream factory how you feeling yeah, i'm just kind of curious what inspires you to create art uh, you know what gets you in the zone to start uh flame working man what gets me in the zone is my quiet mind and all the chaos of it. I start to think, why am I doing things? Because I ran into a point where the shapes and the forms come quickly because that's the medium and how it works. And I just, you know, you have to ask, I have to ask myself, why am I making this? I don't want a bunch of stuff. I want to keep the sacred objects actually in our life. I kind of consider myself a village carver, if you will. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like just... I want to be the medium to translate the meditation of, of what we know as a community is what we know working with this plant and opportunity to be alchemists. And I, I love being an alchemist. I love knowing that we are all awakening to the alchemy and, and we're keeping ourselves less separate and more uni, you know? People are doing yoga, which means union. I'm a sloga practitioner, <laughs> which is my version because I do it. My union, I have to, I can't go to those classes, man. They go too fast for me. Yeah. <laughs> Got to go, go at Lowry speed, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your top you know, three to five um, songs or albums that you like to listen to while blowing glass? I, I usually don't listen to music while blowing glass. Uh, because I am a musician, I feel like. And now now Jason in particular, 
they they can sneak music in on me because they know me well enough. I no lyrics. Um and and because the tempo of the music could almost start dictating the tempo of my work and I need to be working at the speed of the glass, not at the speed of the song. Right. So sometimes we're in moments where the music fits perfectly with the action. Sometimes I'll find myself with music why is this so intense for me? It's already intense. Oh, the music exponentially making it more intense. Like movie. Okay. Watch Maybe. a movie with no yeah. sound sometime and realize what music does to the environment. So that's what it does to my creative environment, especially as a musician and someone who in my mind I've got, I'm busy. I have a busy, I have an active mind, you know, on things. So uh, sometimes music distracts, but like I said, when I work with Jay, so he'll be able to sneak it in on me because he knows what, what to do. He's reading the vibe, he's reading me. If yeah. I'm getting crazy, he's going to bring the music to the level that it's right. You right, know what I mean? Right, right, right. Not just on volume, but yeah. like a DJ, feeling the crowd. Got a vibe. So that's how I am with music in the shop. I already got a song and a symphony that I'm writing in the moment. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's absolutely beautiful. Music, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great one. So do you see glass? Only, well, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. <laughs> Give me that thing. Right. Yeah. Music, yeah. Pink Floyd, of course, but everything, really. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of many tastes. I like the flavor of uh, all, all, all scenes, really. Yeah. Can you go ahead and explain the old uh, JBD uh, Willy Wonka bong factory for us? The original. Yeah, the original. Who might you see in there? What you know? What might you see? Can you paint us a picture? Oh man! I mean, a lot of the old timers I've even dropped off the scene. Like, I don't know if you remember Popowitz. Part of, part of the Baker Cast is documenting and educating. You know, all the all the future Baker casters who are gonna tune in and uh, eventually see that uh, world's largest dab bubble hookah and bongzilla that you co-created. Yeah, I mean, well, what you saw was a factory of passionate people, and they're all family, you know. This was a tight-knit group. No one knew that right behind that warehouse door, there were 20 torches running on 10 lathes and, like, uh, hundreds of bongs coming out of the doors, through the doors. Like, But you called them water pipes back then, I think. I don't know. But uh, that, was, that was the scene, and there was a furnace... That, that Hans Edig built yeah. in the back of that studio, and that's where I came to play. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, so yep. I would walk through verbally and, and uh, spiritually collaborate with these guys who were laying down on the tubes, right? And then we'd go to the back, and they'd be wanting to check out this soft glass thing, and that's what I was mostly rolling on in that time. So you didn't have uh, YouTube or, no. you know, any of the Insta, anything in that time and we we got together by driving for hours and hours blowing glass in our mind to get to the next spot to create that idea when we got there you know that's how we used to do it <laughs> what's charles larry like like to smoke on seeing as this is a podcast hmm. you know what i've had at my house for years and years is a uh, a bong that bob batram made so he spun it in his hand it's it's pretty much the jbd shape that classic you know cylinder and ball at the end um but it was all worked silver gold looked very feminine 
And I considered buying it for my girl, but you know how that works. <laughs> yeah. you, you buy it for the home, <laughs> you know, and then I broke it <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah, after years and years. So oh. that was my main, my daily driver, you know, and yeah. then and then to roll one up, Rastafari is iri in my opinion. It doesn't get much better than taking like a Hopi Rustica strain tobacco leaf that you know your friend grew there in Ulapalakua, and, and he air-dried it on his porch, and you roll up some of that finest of the Maui, right? That's, that's the most elevated, connected situation that I've experienced with the smoking. So that's my recommendation. Get a nice, clean leaf and roll the ganja up in that. Or make a chalice and just roll the leaf of the ganja around itself and, and roll, you know? Uh, okay. I think that's the best. We had a really great interview with AJ Sour Diesel. How did you end up meeting uh, Jason Harris or Jerome Baker? Wow. Let's see, I guess, I think, well, we had crossed paths. You know, the circles were small and just like the world is a small place, right? So somehow we had never met but wandered around, never even heard of each other. And I believe we were at a Pilchuck auction uh, party um, downtown Seattle. You know, I end up in this suite enjoying the finer things. And I guess Jay and I started talking, Oregon, Oregon boy. Oh, I got this down in Oregon. Oh, oh, we're starting this. And I'm the guy who was driving three, five studios a, uh, a week, work a day or two move on work a day or two and I had my little circle Eugene on the map so I rolled through always would stay at his crib and that's that's kind of how we met we were like he's like I got a furnace back there and we don't know what to, how to use it and so come down and that's how it started you know we made the first giant cannabis cup that they took over to Amsterdam and yeah walked around with we had we lit we had the water jet cut out flat glass leaves and we thought we were really pushing the limits you know and we made this big dichro bowl and it was it was really sweet you know for the time and it weighed probably 60 pounds assembled <laughs> that's what they didn't realize they'd have to carry that thing around amsterdam to all these smoke shops so that was pretty funny so was steve hagar the 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 founder of the cannabis cup i actually haven't met steve um, I'd like to meet Steve. We used to do his. We used to do his uh, podcast as well in okay. Denver. So I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just wondering because lo- I just heard the stories of them running around. I actually wasn't there when they took the cup. I just made it, and Eugene sent them on their way, laughing. That's badass. And so, and so, <laughs> Charles Lowry, you know, a very big piece of glass blowing history, being involved with the very first cannabis cup. You know, the the world's largest bong and the world's largest dabbable hookah. That's pretty wonderful. Hilarious. Hilarious. Pretty wild. I mean, it's like, are we 18 years old again? <laughs> you know, making a, 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 what were those called? A gravity bong out of a two liter and a cooler or whatever, you know? I remember in high times reading about the earth bong. We made, we recreated the earth bong. And you literally dug a hole in this. And, I mean, have you seen it? Look up a High Times article, Earth Bong. Okay. Hilarious. <laughs> we did it. Damn, dude. You know, so it takes me back to building anything and just having fun with life and, and realizing there's something bigger than us and these, these ideas to unlock, you know, these... Well, they're just a, it's a way of uh, the multiverse, you know? It's a cosmic soup. 
and we're taking a dip in, you know, and seeing what we get out. It's like liquid gold, like like Hans Zedek was saying. You know, when you when you when you're playing with glass, it's like liquid gold. Would you say glass blowing is almost like a form of meditation, where you get so involved in the work, your sense of self starts to almost disappear? Oh yeah, this that's that's probably one reason. I'm like I I was an athlete from the time I was born, and that that mentality fortunately and unfortunately stuck with me in the shop and I'm a I'm a person that switches gears when I go into the studio and we have a, an idea I really ask a lot of the band to stay tight with me you know just like James Brown would have I'm an intense person I guess on levels of my focus is extreme and to ask these five other people to be in that focus with me that's a lot to ask of these people but I do and they are happy and then they'll ask it of me and I do my best too to be in their zone when they're making their work so yeah it's a full-on meditation if it's going right whether it's a meditation or not yes complete loss of self in that moment um, I don't feel the heat I need I do the move you know and the move is what's all I can I'm like a dog like that I'm like so focused on the ball that my mouth could be bleeding and the sticks poking up through my nose. You know how the dog comes back and they're just so happy. And you're like, dude, your gums are bleeding from that thing. He's like, I don't care, throw it again. You know, so I, I'm, when I get my head into the project and ask the team to go, we go and we summit Everest. You know what I mean? The oxygen is thin in there. All the fire eats the air. I my mind starts to wander into places that and my body doesn't always react and yeah it's intense in that heat and that fire uh, so yes I do lose track of self a lot and then I also love the days where we can just jam we just talked about music earlier sometimes that music pumps us all day we do listen occasionally but if it's a unique one-of-a-kind in the moment piece typically we're gonna have that focus of us hearing tink the tools chink you know all the breathing everything you know to be in that moment just to live in the now charles larry any uh big plans in the future one plan is to shout out to Arta mary jane who's calling on the phone right now they're gonna do a feature um on the luscious and you know we're also gonna give them a taste of lowry as well because they're one and the same People want me to split them up. I don't know how to split it up. It's a lifestyle. So we're going to do it. Damn. That's far out. This is the Baker cast. That's right. The official Jerome Baker podcast on JeromeBaker.com. I think we should do Baker Con here. We were just at Champ's Trade Show. I think we should we should uh, take it 21 years back. What do you think about that, Charles Larry? I think that's the outlaw. I love it. It's the in-law outlaw. You know? It's family style. Any uh, last shout-outs, Charles Larry? Mankind, one love. This is the Baker Cast. It's right, the official Jerome Baker podcast on JeromeBaker.com. Thank you so much for listening. Sometimes I feel like I'm channeling energy and what I produce are the keys to the spaceship.
the official Jerome Baker podcast on JeromeBaker.com. Here at the Dream Factory, we have Pundington. How you doing, my friend? I'm on a high right now, and I'm, I'm feeling real good. A nice, one of those nice, blessed, sober highs. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm just coming off uh, uh, finishing my parts for a collab that, that is a dream come true, man. So I'm, I'm getting uh, the goosebumps, and it feels real, feels real good. How long ago did you uh, did you first uh, meet Jason Harris and Jerome Baker? Jason, actually, just this last week um, that I formally introduced myself and and just uh, really connected. But gosh, the the first time I've heard about Jerome Baker was in '97. Uh, I was a freshman in high school, and I, I didn't even smoke marijuana or anything. But my my high school had a glass shop. Um, with Bob Cork, Robert Cork. Wow. Yeah, for the Mount Diablo Unified School District, and it uh, had um, cut glass foil, fusion, glass etching, uh, soft glass uh, fusion, slumping, and then uh, the juniors and seniors, we had a hot shop um, where the juniors would gaffer the seniors, and then the seniors got to make a a project and stuff. Um, So seeing that bong, I... It, it was just right away. It was hard candy. I loved everything about it. I, I loved how interactive it was, and I just, I really fell in love with it, man. Yeah. To be honest with you, yeah. and I'm happy that happened. It's, it just fell right into place, you know. And so now you're here at the Dream Factory, you know. Sometime later, actually behind the torch here at the Jerome Baker, you know, glass blowing studio. How does that feel exactly? Like I said, it, it's it's a blessing, and and it's still soaking in because there's a difference between uh, being here and uh, participating here and I'm just I, I I have nothing to complain about um, and and I know we still have hurdles and stuff that we're gonna come to but these 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 moments like this are ones that I'm saying hey I've had my blessings this is is a lotto that I've won and yeah. and to, to lean on these when I'm having trouble you know being appreciative at times because um, we are human and that still does come with the the human package of ups and downs but gosh the this little uh, achievement here is just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting uh, some goosebumps. Uh, it, it's it's really a, a dream come true. Tell us a little bit about the creation that you actually created here today at the Dream Factory because it is one of, one of a kind. We have some uh, pictures and some video to help document on BakerCast on Instagram. So so what I did, and it's important, um, when, when I come to something like this, um, I, I try to pick the right opportunity. So, so when we came in here, Specifically, the collab we did today was, uh, it's our first piece, and when you're working with someone, I find it very important um, to do it in person, and you get more of the whole package that way, and um, because when you, when you work in a place like this, uh, it, it's not a money grab, it's not a business collab, it is a cultural participation yeah. and we run with it yeah. um, so with my first piece is I, I like to do a tester and a big part of, of what I do is I, I lay patterns um, hopefully that make people feel good and and if it's not out of my original universe it's it's out of things that have made me feel good like Mario Brothers that's yeah. just one of those things that we were kind of like just shown that that's made me feel good and um, so my first testers, I like to, to throw in a Mario piece, but also a little of who I'm working with. I don't, it's nothing, oh, this is what I do, this is what you do, let's throw it together. We try to have it make sense, so I, I tried as much as I can to, to merge the psychedelic uh, lot life, the dead life, yeah. with Mario. So I went and uh, put, made sure he had his mushroom, made sure I had a Mario skull, the, yeah. the 13 point... Steely and just uh, just a good time. Got a little tab Yoshi in there. Uh, oh, okay. 
Well, it's it's a dead bear instead of the question mark, but just little plays like that. Instead of it being a question block, it was the dead bear. And so just merging our styles. That's so brilliant. Yeah, it's a beautiful piece. How did you get so good at the fine detail? Well, on the glass part, uh, it's with, with the help of all our friends and, and people that believe in you, uh, specifically guys like Dave Strobel and Scott Deppy, you know, really um, shared a lot of their time, their precious time that, that you don't get back and that you don't have an unlimited supply of. But um, I took a lot of what they had to share on top of my specifically when we're talking about drawing i i i've dabbled in you know graffiti and and never got really good at any of that but i was really into ink and marker and and when i was growing up to be honest with you like i was kind of like not embarrassed but i never felt like oh I'm, i'm i'm not a great graffiti artist but i i i did i loved ink and marker but like it it's an order so i do black lines first and then fill in so the, the order of operations for these snip and flips is black line and filling, just like a coloring book, whereas graffiti is layered and cut and you add out. Um, so it's just a lot of the ink and marker that I had. And, and it was still something, even when it was glass, I was always like, man, I, I'd rather, for some reason I was like, I'd rather tell people I was this great graffiti artist or tattoo artist, but then the artist, uh, uh, 70s, early 70s, uh, late 70s, Von Bode, uh, Cheech Wizard and all that I, it's black ink and felt marker so I was like wow don't and it's something our, our good friend a good forefather shared with us Eric Crunk is that don't ever be uh, ashamed of what your tools are you know what I mean like and then when I thought about it I was like you know what you know there's million dollar paintings that you know are a couple hundred dollars worth of canvas and acrylic yeah, exactly. but, but what they're buying is, is that light you create and um Gosh, my friend uh, Quave, Kevin McCulley, always, he, he made it so easy for me to, to be able to convey this feeling, but it's, it's, it's really this white bag that we grab, grab out of, that white light and share, right. you know what I mean? So it's just always try to grab out of that white bag, you know? Now, did you take those uh, glass blowing classes you had at your high school, or how, how did you really start getting involved with glass? I, it was a luck of the draw, man, and I, st- I, th- I thank God to this day that it just it was one of those things that I don't know maybe it was a gift from God or or just the luck of the draw but I could I could have had uh, ceramics or um, just the the paper art they had and, and that would have all been great uh, auto shop wood shop but I looked at my schedule and, and seeing it said sandblasting you know and I I I didn't even know what any of that was you know but then when you get in there it's not like oh this corner is sandblasting the whole the whole Bob Cork had it set up it's it's it was an um versatile art uh glass art studio and I I jumped right in and, and I didn't have the the regular square teacher I had a real far out number and, and just a loving guy great great stories I'm talking uh, uh Aldemont where the Hells Angels were there and Woodstock and all his old stories I mean he's this I mean my teacher is a living legend Bob Bob Quark um and I and I love him for it and it just worked out he's, he's a man that I still talk to and, and just think every day you know um and I, I don't want to get uh too far away um I want to make sure, like, I'm not even at that point to meet Bob without, like, caring parents and a loving mom and, and the best brother, you know what I mean, and, and just family and friends, you know. So I, I've had a lot of guidance and help, and that's how that went. Now, top 
five albums or songs that you like listening to while you're blowing glass? Because yeah, yep. While you're while you're, while you're blowing glass. We have, it's always a mix of things, but you'll find a lot of uh, the dead playing and stuff like that. And, yeah. and like when I was when I was growing up, I, you know the cliche stuff, trucking and uh, touch of gray, you know, fire on the mountain and stuff. But um, I, I really didn't get past that until I, I got into Berkeley. And we do have such a stationary job that like watching certain things or listening to certain things becomes really a part of of what you're doing and they just happen to play a lot of the dead string cheese i never even heard of string cheese until 2008 2009 and stuff like that's awesome but it's a it's it's a mixed array like we go i was born and raised on motown but i i love i my my shop mate now has just been in uh He's a reggae and well-rounded too, but so I've been getting into the like uh, Jacob Miller and stuff like that when I was just really cliche um, Bob Marley and the Whalers um, and stuff like that. But we, we like to really mix it up. A lot of it is is going to be the Dead, or but we switch it up way out there. Sometimes you know you'll hear stuff you've never heard just to to get variety. So Scott used to throw on the Mummies or something like that, something I've never even heard of. But a lot of it's that real feel-good kind of get in the zone uh, Quave's really into uh, neoclassical or just classical itself but he's also you know what I mean throw on the toto you know what I'm saying <laughs> it, it, it's just a, it's a it's a it's a range and how you're feeling and and it's 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 okay to to be somber and come in and put a, a sad song on because we're human and we, and we have these um, uh, emotions that that we're able to feel so it's okay to okay to be upset but but what we're learning to finesse with maturity is, is don't be mis- upset and then break something it's it's be upset understand why what you can do to change it but then transform that energy into something beautiful you know and one of my favorite stories with being upset was uh Yushin shared with me he, he had broke a piece and he got so mad and he was sharing that he he broke the piece and he threw a skateboard and then he broke his skateboard and he's like well now i have a broken piece and a broken skateboard so you know so he's like that wasn't really it so then another because the thing is, is it doesn't make things disappear when you're frustrated. So you got to find what works for you. One of my okay. favorites was banjo. Like when, when he's feeling like a piece might be cracking or might be heading in a certain direction. I've seen him step outside and he'll just stand and throw glass bottles into a bin full of other glass bottles just to get that sound out of the way and, right. and just whatever. Just prepare yeah. for it. And it turns into what it's going to turn into. And whether yeah. the piece comes out or not, you're still you're still you and on, and on a certain journey. Absolutely. You know, so. No. Top uh, top three favorite uh, cannabis strains that you like smoking on because we we usually ask everybody that. Uh, Jack Hair, Cat Piss, okay. um, and also a real good OG Kush. It's always been just a gentleman's Glasses. bud to me. You know, some really nice. You know, but right. they got some fun stuff. And, and the understanding of the plant has gone so far fast, almost like an industrial age. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like, man, hash hash and stuff. I'm so happy it's come back around to just this uh, bubble hash and five star hash, but pressing hash is, it's got to be hundreds of years old oh, yeah. so I, I even a thousands i oh, like that right. so yeah. i had asked my buddy who's really Ancient. really into this and i said you know what what was the difference um between then and now and it was simply the understanding of the plant right you know what i mean and i, and I really appreciated that because i did study a little horticulture and stuff and nice. you know the gerbera daisy was this long stalked flower beautiful flower and maybe like six colors but with knowledge and understanding uh, with students from, I think particularly uh, Berkeley, California, they got it to a, like a nice uh, couple inch stock sure. and hundreds of colors. So it simply comes down to just the understanding right. and applying it. Have you ever uh, grown any cannabis? 
you know, uh, my brother and I did a garage grow with a 400 uh, watt bulb and a, it was a blue dot and, and we gave it a shot and it was just more fun than anything. It was something that we tried and um, we sold one eighth to our good buddy Clover <laughs> nice. and we, we were kind of like looking at each other to see how it went, you know what I mean? And he bought it and we were like, so do you like it? And he was like, yeah, I like it. He's like, what's the matter with it? And we were like, yeah. Um, but realistically, he was nice because it was boo boo. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was that hot, that hot good, but hot good love. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but it was it was an experience. But I've never, I don't have the fucking, you know, my own uh, right. set of overalls and you get all the soil and nah. It was it was just a fun little garage. I mean, a closet with yeah. the foil yeah. set up. Just just to have the girls and name them and have fun and, and laugh when they. You're like, what are these little banana things popping out over the place? Yeah. <laughs> so, so then you learn as you go, and it was, it's fun. I mean, I think anyone should grow anything. Sometimes it doesn't have to be marijuana. I think someone should should take care of a plant, um, and take care of a plant that either will feed you or that's just going to be your buddy, like our uh, Christmas plant, Henry. You know, he's just our he's our friend. You know, yeah. my my sweet rainbow penguin um, was really uh, been into plants and stuff like that. So, ladies and gentlemen, where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, it's it's at Puntington, but they've made it a little harder. I put a little joke up about my good buddy Avatar giving the best blowout jobs, and I had put a risque photo. God God forbid I had a little chichi showing. So, it's at Puntington, but they've 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 almost threatened to to kick me off. But but say la vie, man. I'm not. I don't care. I, it, you might not find me on uh, internet, but you'll be able to find me around really good people and dope places like Jerome Baker. Yeah. You know. So yeah. that's that's. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's nice to meet you guys too, man. Thank you so much. Can we give a shout out for Jerome Baker by chance? Yeah. Oh man, if you don't know who Jerome Baker is, you're under a rock. Get out of that rock and know that uh, something very special is, is brewing here. Everyone loves a good comeback story and something authentic and genuine love. And, and you got a, a cast of guys here that have a genuine yep. resume that you you can't buy or just pick up now. Even even with the enthusiasm and genuine love you have for the glass, you're, you're going against guys that have been here 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Yep. And great people, great stories, and in the range of life, man. So you're gonna get a, get an honest, full body high with these bongs and this art and this love, man. And the big love for Jerome Baker, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Make sure to check out our new CBD line. Check out the new shop, JBD, on JeromeBaker.com slash shop. This is the Baker Cast, the official Jerome Baker podcast on JeromeBaker.com. Thank you so much. Any any last shout outs? Uh, I love you guys. Be you because you're beautiful. Thank you so much. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you something new. We bring you the Baker Cast.
please keep our to children and for use by adults 21 years of age and older. Sometimes I feel like I'm channeling energy and what I produce are the keys to the spaceship. We are the voice of the cannabis community. It's a cannabis revolution right now. Right. We're changing the world that we're living in and it starts with one butt at a time. Thank you for joining us. You know, if you just tuned in, go back. Definitely don't want to miss the first two interviews that we have in this episode from Charles Lowry. He helped create the world's largest bong, 25-foot bongzilla. Also, Ascision, the big red JBD hookah that y'all have maybe smoked out of at a couple secret sessions. The Jumbie Art Palace, of course. New Wu Cannabis Marketplace. Charles Lowry is a heavy hitter in the game of glass and... Definitely one of the OGs from the old Eugene, Oregon, Jerome Baker studio, comparable to, I don't know, Willy Wonka of Glass, right? But now we're in Las Vegas Dream Factory. That's right, we're in the Las Vegas Dream Factory in the heart of the Arts District, where we got this interview with Charles Lowry. We also played some music from Kaya Project, followed by an interview with Puntington. And if you have seen the super trippy Super Mario piece, the trippy Super Mario piece that was a collab with uh, Puntington CC Glassworks and I believe Omar, that piece was one of my favorite pieces to show folks when I was working the gallery. I'm telling you, the energy that you get with some of these artists that come together over there is incredible. One of my favorite artists that came through, like I said, that we got an interview with him over there Actually, we got two interviews with him. One was on the phone, but the second one that we got actually in person was with Mente. He came through and just laid down some remarkable work. So folks expect to see CC Glassworks and Team Jerome Baker collabing on that to make that dream a reality. And then we hit you with a double dose of Jerry Garcia, of course, Space Funk, one of my favorite Jerry Garcia, Howard Wales tracks. And of course, we had to hit you with the dead eyes of the world at some point and so we figured we'd wait till week seven you know show number seven to slide that in your ears and into your hearts it's an all-you-can-eat buffet of original content over here at jerome baker that's right the las vegas dream factory home of the baker cast stay tuned stay baked